Good morning, everyone. And welcome to worship with Paisley St. George's, whether you be here in Cosyside, in the Outreach Centre, or at home watching on YouTube. This morning at the organ, we welcome Alan Wright. So it's good to have you with us, Alan, in Cosyside. Thank you. And there are a number of intimations this week. Firstly, the Kirk Session is called to meet on Wednesday the 5th of May at 7.30pm via Zoom. If you don't have the details of how to access this, then please contact Stephen. As a new congregation, we're looking for a new name for St George's Church magazine. So, please put your thinking caps on and if you have any ideas, pass them on to Irene or to any of the office bearers whom you know and they'll make sure that they get to Irene but we are looking for a new name. A wee reminder that next Sunday sees the start of Christian Aid Week and envelopes should be available in both Cosyside and the Outreach Centre next Sunday and these are all the intimations. Come apart from your busyness Put down your burdens and stresses. Come and reconnect with God. Remain in him and grow. Grow closer, grow deeper, grow and be fruitful. Come and glorify God. We glorify God in the hymn 184, sing to the Lord a joyful song. Lift up your hearts to us his gracious gifts belong for life and love for rest and food for daily help and nightly care for strength to those who on him wait his truth to prove his will to do he is great trust in his name for it is true he is love exalt his name for it is joy we worship God by listening to hymn 184 
And now let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, as we have settled to worship you wherever that may be, and as we attempt to focus our minds, we are aware that it is so easy for our minds to shoot off in many different directions. We find it hard to slow down, to silence the chatter of our minds, and to concentrate on you, Lord. In the stillness of this place, wherever that may be, in the stillness of this time, take from us the strain and stress as we feel ourselves rest in your eternal love, in your everlasting arms. Then quietly, the small beginnings of praise well up as we remember what we have in Jesus Christ. That we, we have one who is with us, who guides and strengthens us, who holds us through every storm of life, who leads us to everlasting life. Lord, we confess that sometimes the storms we endure are of our own making. A foolish word, a thoughtless comment, a misguided action, a quick judgment. Then we have to live with the consequences and the guilt. Take all that stress from us too and replace it with your forgiveness and your peace. Heavenly Father, in your hands we are safe and secure. We rejoice in your eternal love and all-sufficient grace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We turn now to scripture and our readings this morning will be read for us by Mary White. Our first reading is from John chapter 4, reading from verse 7. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, anyone who drinks the 
this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become to him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right. When you say that you have no husband, the fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said to, said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that this place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, the time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Our second reading is from John chapter 15, reading from verse 1. The vine and the branches. I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be more even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch that can bear fruit by itself, it must remain on the vine. Neither you can bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit and showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Amen. We thank you for this reading from your holy book. Thank you, Mary. We continue in our worship with hymn 193, God is love, his the care, tending each everywhere. God is love, all is there. Jesus came to show him that we all might know him. Jesus shared joy and pain, lived and died and rose again, rules our hearts now as then, for he came to save us by the truth he gave us. Hymn number 193.
Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. As we journey through the weeks following the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, a recurring theme is that of love. The love that Jesus showed when he stretched out his arms on the cross for each one of us. For love begins with God. Love is the central truth of Christian faith, for God is love. Love, well, love is a two-way relationship for us, though. It is only by knowing the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ that we can understand what love is. We heard this morning of Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman at the well and his love for her. And we hear of the love of Jesus, but it's only by loving that we learn to know God. I suppose it's like so many things. It's only by doing what you really understand. And it's only by constant practice that you get better at something. Think of riding a bike or learning to swim. No matter how many books you read, no matter how many people tell you what to do, no matter how many videos you watch on YouTube, you'll never learn to swim unless you get into the water. You'll never learn to ride a bike unless you sit on the saddle. And so it is with love. Our faith deepens as we know God's love. And as we know God's love, then we love others. And so we know God's love more fully. And so we love others and so on. Love, love is the controlling element in Christian faith. And sometimes religious people have put many things above this and it leads to a distorted faith. Sometimes we can be so intent on doing things in a certain way that we make doing things the right way the governing factor. And this may well lead to self-righteousness and to being judgmental. At times, if you like, correct doctrine has been the controlling factor. It's been doing things the way they should be done, the way they've always been done, rather than the way of love. Sometimes when we do things by doing them the way they've always been done, the way the book says it's to be done, may well lead to harshness and exclusion. And that's not what we heard this morning when Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman. We did not hear harshness and exclusion. He spoke to her. He took time with her. And yes, I suppose going back to how we do things, we do need ways of doing things. And methods and systems are good and important. But love, love as seen in Jesus Christ, must be the controlling factor. I don't know if you remember, do you remember when it was all the rage to wear these elastic-y bracelet -y band things with letters on them? And there was a slogan that appeared on one of them, and it was just this, four letters, WWJD, what would Jesus do? So maybe we would do well to remember that slogan, what would Jesus do? For human love is not an optional extra. Human love is our response to God's love, which came first. St. Paul affirms that it was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. He loved us first. 
and it's his love that melts our hardness of heart. Many years ago, a church had a mission and used a nice play on words for its slogan. Its slogan was, love one another. Love, W-O-N, another. Love one another. It's when we love one another that we show the nature of God in Christ. And it's when we love one another that God's love is shared. John affirms too that love drives out fear. A lot of religion has been dominated by fear and fear at times has been used to control and manipulate people. But fear, fear is not a good way to do things. The relationship that we have with God in Christ has a different quality and a different character to anything that we've ever known before. And I suppose in human terms, when we think about the people we love, we don't fear them, we don't fear the people we love, but we perhaps do fear, yes, we do fear letting them down. And that's the nature of the relationship that we have with God, that we have as Christians with God. We know that we are accepted, that we are accepted as we are. And how wonderful is that? God accepts us as we are. And we hope that through knowing him and through his love, we might become different. But we don't have to prove ourselves. We don't have to fear losing God's good opinion of us. Why not? Because God already knows the truth about us. And it doesn't put him off. God, God knows us. God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he still loves us. And in the second reading this morning, there is another of the great I am sayings of Jesus. I am the true vine. And here, typical of John's gospel, he develops this image and leads us into deep things. For this passage is indeed a fruitful passage. We inhabit a world which truly lives by the maximum, if you like, of justification by works. We very often glorify the stressful state and measure our worth by how busy we are. And that holds true for Christians as well as others. We like to boast of how busy we are and how much we do. And yet, the most fruitful thing that a person can do, that we can do, is to remain close to the vine. The busier we get, the less time we have for prayer and the less fruitful we become. We are to depend on Christ, not vice versa. Time spent in prayer and worship is not wasted, but the most fruitful thing we can do. There is no point in us being so frantically busy. And then if we're, if we're busy doing the wrong things, so we need to take time to graft into the vine, if you like, to discover God's will for us. And when we do that, then we will be more fruitful. And as we seek to find our ways forward as St George's, let's make sure that we take time to come closer to God, to come closer to God through prayer and through Bible reading and through at times simply being in God's presence, to sitting in the quiet, being with God. Yes, there are lots of actions we need to take, lots of discussions we need to have, but we need to base everything we do on 
God's love for us and the love that he wants us to share with others. And it might be as well for us all to notice verse 5 from the second reading which says you are the branches it says you are the branches it's plural branches not branch perhaps if we're stressed out by all we're doing it's because we're trying to do the work of some of the other branches there is one vine but there are many branches and yes I know we often say if you want something doing then ask a busy person and there is an element of truth in that but in a church there must be a place for all of the branches to bear fruit. And the pruning by the gardener is not necessarily about punishment, but may well be an act of kindness, an act of kindness to cut us back a little to allow others to flourish. The vine has many branches. And this morning, in the second gospel reading, I've included verses 10 and 11, which are really part of next week's reading, reading, but never mind. It's no coincidence that John writes about joy and love. For if we are far from the vine and becoming stressed out, then the first casualties are joy and love. And I suspect that during this time of COVID, we've all felt that a little. We've lost some of our joy in living because we're too worn out to enjoy anything. We lose love for the task that we've once enjoyed. We maybe even lose love for those we serve because we feel put upon. And maybe even we feel they're not doing their bit as branches, but leaving it all to us. We may even lose love for God, whom we believe is calling us to do all of this frantic activity. So, Let's take time. Let's take time to graft into the vine. Let's take time to graft into the vine and let his life flow through us. And that will release us from that burden and that will restore in us our love and our joy. So at this time, as we seek to be a new congregation, there is much that needs to be done to bring the two previous congregations together. And I am conscious of all that this is demanding for many folks. And all of this, of course, is compounded by the constantly changing COVID restrictions. So maybe there is just a bit of a danger that we get too caught up in the practical business and busyness of church and forget, to some extent, our main aim. For our main aim... Our main aim is to love the Lord our God with all our hearts and with all our souls and with all our minds. So let us, as we seek to build this branch of God's church, remember to remain united to Jesus. For otherwise, we will not bear fruit, for we can do nothing without him. Unless we love the Lord our God with all our hearts with all our souls and with all our minds, then we cannot love our neighbours as we love ourselves. To God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit be glory and praise now and forever. Amen. We continue in our worship in hymn 562. Through the love of God our Saviour, all will be well. 
Though we pass through tribulation, all will be well. Ours is such a full salvation, all, all is well. Happy, still in God confiding, fruitful, if in Christ abiding, holy, through the Spirit's guiding, all must be well. We expect a bright tomorrow, all will be well. Faith can sing through days of sorrow, all, all is well. On our Father's love relying, Jesus, every need supplying, in our living, in our dying, all must be well. Hymn 562. congregation we are very grateful for the dedication of all of our elders who have answered God's call to serve him in this way. This morning I have three long service certificates to present to elders. What I've done is I've laid them on the table and I will stand aside to enable you to pick up your certificate and I think that it would be good if as folks pick up their certificate we give them a round of applause. There's nothing to say we can't make a noise that way. While we cannot sing, I can't see why we cannot clap. So the first certificate is for Jackie Perry. Jackie, I've printed it, I've written it with John on it. I hope that's all right. So Jackie, if you'd like to come and pick that up, I'll move out the way. The second certificate is for Mary White. 
Thank you. And the final certificate is for Audrey McLaren. And it's nice to get to know folks' names and faces. And how good it is as St George's to be able to do that, to present the first long service certificates as the new St Paisley St George's Church. For the elders of the kirk, they play a valued part in the life of the church. So let's give thanks to him for all their service as we bring to God our prayers of thanksgiving and of dedication. Let's pray. Lord God, as we have gathered today, we thank you for the gradual easing of the restrictions and the increasing freedoms for worship, for funerals, weddings and for meeting friends and family. We thank you for our friends and family close by and far away. We thank you for this new family of St George's. We thank you for the love that is shared amongst us. God, in your mercy, you gave Jesus as a gift to the world. And we thank you that your son grew up in a family not really so different from today's families. He became the vine that we might be the branches extending your goodness out into our communities and world. And we thank you for the dedication of the elders of this congregation who have served you faithfully over many years. Today, we especially thank you for the work of Jackie, Mary and Audrey. May we all continue to serve you in this new parish and church of St George's. And we thank you for the new friendships that will be forged as St George's folks get to know one another. As we do so, may we find the connection that brings life to us all and dedicate ourselves towards that new life bound up in each other, dedicated to the language that unites, the hopes that bring adventures and the word that is shared between us all. Through vine, may we be branches of every possibility that speaks of and lives for your kingdom. Bless us all, Lord, and bless our offerings. May all we offer and all we are be used to bear fruit for your kingdom. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And now we come to God with our prayers for others. Our prayers will be led for us by Mary. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning for our freedom, living in a country where there's a plentiful supply of food and water. And though we complain, we know we can complain, but so many citizens of this world can't. Father, you are the water of life who is with us in our un uh, is our unseen support throughout our lives, whether they be short or long. We ask you to be those who are in hospital, in care, in a hospice, waiting for results of tests or for an operation. 
Be with all those in this country who have suffered from the virus and who are still suffering from long COVID. Father, guide all our fellow citizens to accept a vaccination in order that we might return to a normal life with all its freedoms. We thank you for the work of doctors, nurses, health professionals, other blue light services, and those local authority workers who are often work unseen, but without whom our lives would be difficult, and who took so, who took so much for granted before the pandemic. Let us not forget that without their dedication and hard work, how difficult our lives might have been. We ask you to be with those who mourn, whether known or unknown to us. Give them courage to carry on. Be especially with our fellow citizens who mourn family in India. We thank you for our politicians, our government, for press, and hope that we'll all respect each other in this week of our election. Be with our Queen and our family as they continue their lives without Prince Philip. This week, as we watch our media, we ask you to be with all those people in India as they relentlessly try to fight the pandemic. Be with the family of the 32 Israelis who died attending a Jewish festival and also with those who are in hospital. As the coalition troops prepare to leave Afghanistan, we ask you to be with the people of that country, especially those who were killed and injured in recent bombings. We also ask you, Father, to be with the people of the island of St. Vincent, fighting the volcano that has suddenly erupted. We thank you for our church and ask that you be with us as we work together to make St. George's a successful, happy and welcoming place. We thank you for Vary, the session clerks, the elders and all our members at this time. Now we ask you to receive our personal prayers in this moment of silence. Thank you, Father, for the beauty of the trees as they burst into life after winter and guide us through the week ahead. Amen. We close this morning's service of worship with hymn 512. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life an atonement for sin and opened the life gate that all may go in. The hymn 512.
And now, if you're able, I would ask that you stand for God's blessing. As we return to our daily lives, may we abide with God, grafted and rooted and pruned. Lord, help us to stay connected to one another and to you, bearing fruit wherever your love takes us. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore.